when three-year-old Ryan, two-year-old Hannah, one-year-old Lindsay, and four-month-old Danny were supposedly kidnapped. On the 7th of January, 2008, their parents immediately reported them missing. The following day, however, in a horrible turn of events, their father, Lam Long, told investigators that they wouldn't find the children, as they were all dead. When they asked Lam Long to take them to where the children were, Lam directed them to drive to the highest point of the 80-foot Dolphin Bridge. In complete disbelief, Captain Wilson turned around in his police car and looked at Lam Long and asked him, do you mean to tell me that you threw your four children off the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge? To which Lam Long simply replied, yes. Was this true? Had Lam Long committed this unspeakable act? If he had, why had he done it? And were the children still alive? Was this even uh, real? Did this even happen? Was this fact? Was this fiction? Uh, but today's discovery is a huge break in this case. We do know that uh, Danny at least was involved in this. His brothers and sisters could be uh, on the floor of the Mississippi Sound, which could really bring a huge case against their father, Lam Lung. I warn you now, this case is absolutely heartbreaking and viewer discretion is advised. This is the disturbing case of how and why this vile person decided to play God and murder his helpless and innocent children in the most cruel and horrible way. Lam Long was born during the Vietnam War in 1970 to a Vietnamese woman and a black American serviceman. Growing up in Vietnam, Lam Long was said to have a difficult childhood and he was apparently unable to attend school because of the discrimination against children of American servicemen. He apparently faced even harsher discrimination because his father was black and children threw rocks at him and called him a black dog. Even his stepfather was said to beat him and refused to let him sit at the table. In 1984, at age 14, Lam Long fled to Alabama in the United States, where he lived initially in the basement of a church and then with a the family. By 16, Long was living on his own and working on a shrimp boat in Mississippi. Whilst working on these boats, he became addicted to cocaine and typically he would go on a two or three week work trip and then return to shore where he would spend all of his money on drugs, alcohol and sex. Lam Long later met his wife, Q Fan, in 2004 and Q was already pregnant with her son Ryan Fan. But Lam Long would later help raise him as his own Long and Q had three children together, Hannah, Lindsay and Danny, and their older brother Ryan was described as very bright and protective of his half-siblings. The couple lived with Q's mother at Bayou La Battery, a fishing village 20 miles southwest of Mobile. During this time, Lam Long continuously worked on shrimp boats for approximately 15 years, until Hurricane Katrina devastated the industry where they then moved to Hinesville. Here, Lam Long had difficulty finding work and he lapsed back into heavy cocaine use and severe depression. He was also arrested in October on a drug possession charge. By the end of 2007, the family moved back to the Bayula Battery area after Long was fired from a restaurant job. On their return to Alabama, their relationship was said to become strained and to have soured. Long couldn't find work, had a strong drug problem and apparently had a girlfriend. Things were not going well for the couple, and they would often argue. 
On the 7th of January, 2008, at around 10am, Lam Long went to the nail salon where his wife worked and asked her for some money. Q gave her husband $31 so that he could get some gasoline for their van and he then left. Throughout the day, Q tried to repeatedly reach her husband by telephone but was unsuccessful. Around 7pm that evening, she finally managed to speak with him and he told her that he had left the children with a woman that no one knew. Some sources say that he mentioned this woman was his girlfriend, but this is not 100% clear. When Q's sister, Tracy Fan, heard what he had done, she turns to her brother-in-law, Lam Long, and asked him in near hysterics why he had given the kids to someone they didn't know. By nightfall, the mysterious woman failed to bring back the children, so Q and Long reported their four children missing at around 8pm. They then went door to door looking for this mysterious woman and their four children. The following day, police asked Long to take them to the exact location where he had given the children to the woman, who he now named Kim. They drove to the area where he said he had given the children to Kim, but returned to the police station after failing to find a woman named Kim. Police believed that Long was lying and his family initially feared that Long had traded the children to support his drug habit. His sister-in-law Tracy said, crack people do anything. So with this suspicion, the police took him into custody. As they put Long into a holding cell, he asked police if he could speak to his wife. Long and Q proceeded to have a conversation that lasted about four minutes in Vietnamese. And once it was done, Q dropped to the floor and started to cry hysterically. Q told police that Long had said to her that no one would ever find the children because they were all dead. When they asked Long where the children were, Long told them he would take them to them. As they got into the police car, Captain Wilson asked Long where he needed to drive to, and when Long told him to go to the Dolphin Island Bridge, Captain Wilson's heart sank, and he knew immediately what he had done to them. Captain Wilson said, I turned around and said, do you mean to tell me that you threw your four children off the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge? And he said yes, and there again, I asked him a second time, you killed your children by throwing them off the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge. And again he responded, yes. And I asked him why. I said, why? And he said, ask my family. They know why. Two days later, on the 10th of January, Lam Long made his first court appearance to face four counts of capital murder. And the Mobile County Circuit Court Judge, Charles McKnight, denied bond. The next day, on the 11th of January, Long's defense attorney claimed that Lam Long was recanting his confession, saying that he had been pressured by police to confess, and claimed that they had harassed him into making a false confession. He was now going back to his original story, saying that a woman named Kim had them, and they should be looking for her, and a second woman who left the children in a van. Investigators knew, however, that Lam Long was just lying. Their only priority now was to find the children. District Attorney John Tyson Jr. said, We believe he killed the kids by tossing them off the bridge. Searchers started looking for the bodies of the four siblings, two boys and two girls, last week after prosecutors said their father, Lam Luong, confessed to killing them after a fight with his wife. Luong is accused of tossing them off the Dauphin Island Bridge on January 7th. It's not like a land search where you can clear it and it's good. We have to clear it every day, every morning, every evening. So it's a lot of repetitious, but 
I don't know what else we can do. Search crews jumped straight into action, and they looked for the missing children. When asked if there was any chance the children might be alive and could be rescued, the county sheriff said, we're really in the recovery stage at this point. They believed that Lam Long had thrown the children from the highest point of the 80-foot bridge, as they had witnesses who could place him at the scene, throwing what they initially thought were bags of trash at about 9am on the 7th of January. The main waterway channel below the highest point of the bridge had a depth of 55 feet and the water was 5 to 10 feet deep close to the shore. About 70 people in boats and helicopters searched the water and the search area covered 100 square miles because the current might have swept the children away. The problem is the current. As the current moves along, those three target areas are also moving. So by the time divers get on top of them, they have already moved. That has hampered the recovery efforts so far, but uh, I'm told tonight from investigators that they are confident that they should be able to bring a lot of this to a close tomorrow. The whole community also stepped in and helped in the search, with civilians walking along the shore looking for the children. A local family woman named Melissa said she was involved in the two-week-long search for the children's bodies. She said, The whole community came together to search for these children. It was just such a, a huge thing for our community. It was just horrible to think of what you would come across or what you would find. Two days into their search, they were forced to stop as a dense fog had rolled in and it completely obscured the bridge. Searching will resume uh, at daybreak as soon as sun uh, crests here over the waters of southern Mobile County. We do know that the sonar that spotted the three points of interest in the Mississippi Sound uh, helped rescuers really hone in on a specific area between the Dolphin Island Bridge and where I'm standing five miles to the west in Biola Battery tonight. Once the weather cleared, the search continued the next day and divers searched the murky waters where cadaver dogs in small boats had picked something up, but they still had no luck in finding the children. Finally, on the 12th of January, five days after the children first went missing, a duck hunter found the body of four-month-old Danny about one mile from the bridge. A gruesome discovery near Biolabattery this morning. It's one everyone expected to make, but hoped they wouldn't. The body of four-month-old Danny Long was found in a hunt by a hunter in a marshy area around 9 a.m. this morning. The little infant is one of four children believed to have been tossed off the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge on Monday. Investigators concluded he had died of blunt force trauma and drowning. Autopsy reveals that Lung died as a result of blunt injuries as well as drowning. Tonight, investigators tell us, and if you really put in perspective what I just said, blunt injuries and drowning, they believe that Lung was thrown off of the Dolphin, Dolphin Island Bridge, plummeting 100 feet to his death, and he was alive when he hit the water. I can further confirm to you that the cause of death has been rendered as blunt force injuries with drowning. The following day, on the 13th of January, volunteers searching found three-year-old Ryan's body about three miles west of where they had found Danny. We wanted to confirm that a second body has been recovered in Barton Bay. It's going to be approximately five miles west of Porto Pines where the first body was found yesterday. Two days later, on January the 15th, 
one-year-old Lindsay's body was found near Jose Bay, just west of the Alabama-Mississippi state line. Alabama authorities have found the remains of a third body allegedly thrown from this coastal bridge. Officials say the body was found by a marine resources crew near Pascagoula, Mississippi. It's not clear if the body was of two-year-old Hannah or one-year-old Lindsay Luong. Uh, we've worked it out with the Mississippi authorities to recover the body in conjunction with the medical examiner's office there. Uh, we're appreciative of the, the sheriff and the Marine Police in Jackson County for assisting us. And finally, on January the 20th, two-year-old Hannah's body was found in Venice, Louisiana, which was about 100 miles from the Dolphin Island Bridge. The search is over in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the Coast Guard was notified by a passing boater in the waters to the west of here quite a ways and uh, the, dis the Coast Guard dispatch has recovered the body of a small Asian child but at this time it's sufficient enough to us to suspend all recovery operations and hopefully this will c bring this recovery effort to a conclusion. Lam Long initially surprised the court and went against what his court-appointed defense attorneys had advised by pleading guilty, and he requested for a death sentence. He wrote a note to the judge, and it read, I am plead guilty for what I have done, and that was the matter of killing my four children. From the day they die, I am no longer want to live, but I don't know how to die. Just please grant my wish. I hereby request the death penalty as soon as possible, and that is my wish. However, as the jury was being selected, he withdrew that plea and instead pleaded not guilty. Lam Long said he apparently had not understood that Alabama law required a trial in a capital murder case even when the defendant pleads guilty. So on the 1st of April 2008, Lam Long pleaded not guilty to five counts of capital murder, one count of capital murder for each of his children and one for them as a whole. In August, Long's defense lawyers, Greg Hughes and Art Powell, asked Judge Gradick for a change in the venue because of the pretrial publicity. Defense attorneys for Lam Long argue on his behalf. While he sits motionless, he's facing five counts of capital murder. His legal team has filed a motion for a change of venue out of fear an unbiased jury can't be seated, something the state doesn't believe. The state is resisting that. We think that we can find one, and the judge has indicated from the bench that his preference is that we find a fair and impartial jury in Mobile County. The judge allows the defense team to conduct opinion polls to survey the public's knowledge of the case, but the change in venue was later denied. The court found that potential jurors still had the ability to render an objective opinion, even if they were part of a community largely affected by the crimes being considered. District Attorney Ashley Rich said, It shows that just because there's a lot of pretrial publicity in a criminal case, there's still a mechanism by which we can receive a fair trial. Even in a community that has been saturated by media, it costs the state of Alabama every time we have a change of venue motion. In October, his defense team then asked the judge for permission to go to Vietnam to interview Long's family since he was facing the death penalty. They initially quoted the cost of the trip would be around $7,500, but this request was denied, ordering instead that funds be made available for video conferencing. Lam Long's capital murder trial began on the 16th of March 2009, and the state's first witnesses couldn't hold back their tears for the four children. 
Those witnesses were Long's mother-in-law, his sister-in-law, and his wife, and each one wept throughout their testimony. As the women cried out, Long sat motionless in a white shirt, black pants, and he wore a pair of earphones to aid in his own interpretation of the trial proceedings. Assistant District Attorney Jo Beth Murphy told the eight women and eight men of the jury that the state was seeking Long's conviction and execution. The children's mother, Q Fan, testified that their relationship soured when the family returned to Alabama after temporarily relocating after the hurricane. She said that Long had a girlfriend and abused drugs, and she said that they moved back to the area after Long was fired from a restaurant job, but on his return he couldn't find work. They described him as chronically unemployed, addicted to cocaine, and with a habit of staying out all night, and they said that he was not an attentive father or a good provider. He was always asking for money, and the women in the family gave it to him. Q's mother testified that on the day the children died, Long got up and placed them in a van and announced he was going for a drive. On that cold January morning, three of the children, Hannah, Lindsay and Danny, wore neither coats nor shoes. They said that only Ryan was dressed properly for the weather when Lam Long put them in the van. Prosecutors said Lam drove the family van to the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge and he threw them one by one into the water 80 feet below. Q said that when Long initially told her that the children would never be found, apparently he kept laughing. Officials said that most of the children suffered injuries in the head or neck, in addition to asphyxia due to drowning, and they concluded that only one child had died from drowning alone. Long's lawyer, Greg Hughes, had asked the jury to return a reduced charge of manslaughter against his client. They claimed that Long had no history of violence suffered from long-term crack cocaine use, and was depressed about his life situation. Greg Hughes said, he snapped. Assistant District Attorney, Joe Beth Murphy, countered this argument by saying that Long's drug use was voluntary. She said he was raised by his grandparents in Vietnam and had many opportunities. In the end, it took the jury 40 minutes to convict him of five counts of capital murder, one for each child and one extra and they recommended the death sentence to the judge. Lam Long's defense attorneys urged the judge to sentence Long to life in prison without parole, the only alternative to the death sentence under his capital murder conviction. But Judge Gradick said, the aggravating circumstances were too great. He said the children during their fall from the bridge must have felt sheer terror and that they were alive when they hit the water. Judge Gradick said, that Lam Long killed the children to torture his wife and that he couldn't blame his actions on his upbringing or his ethnic background. When Lam Long was asked if he had any final comments before sentencing, he looked at his wife and via the court translator said, I apologize to my wife. In the end, Lam Long was sentenced to death. Judge upholds a jury's recommendation and sentences Lam Long to death by lethal injection for murdering his four children by tossing them off the Dauphin Island Bridge. Judge Charles Graddock said there is only one penalty for a crime this heinous and cruel. Graddock said the final moments of those four children's lives were sheer terror, filled with extreme fear and pain, especially for three-year-old Ryan, who the state believes knew what was going on around him. And for those reasons, Judge Graddock sentenced Lam Long to death. Just when every 
everyone thought the community could move on. Earlier this year, the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals overturned Lamlung's conviction and death sentence, citing media saturation. In 2013, the Alabama Criminal Court of Appeals threw out Long's conviction, citing the judge's refusal to move the trial back when the defense asked in 2008. They said the trial should have been moved away from Mobile County because of pre-trial publicity. Former District Attorney John Tyson Jr. says he was shocked when he found out about the ruling late Friday. Well, I'm completely astonished. The case was exceedingly well tried. I, I thought both the prosecution and the defense did, uh, did good work. Tyson doesn't think a change of venue will change the outcome of the case. I'm completely confident that this man did what we accused him of doing. I'm completely confident that he received a fair and constitutional trial. I'm completely confident that if we were to try this case any place in Alabama, we'd get the same result. However, thankfully, the Alabama Supreme Court overruled the Court of Criminal Appeals decision and reinstated Long's conviction. They predicted that retrying Lam Long on the murder charges could cost up to $100,000 and that the initial trial was fair and just. Lam Long, the man who admitted to killing those children, his children, will not get a new trial. It's a good day for the uh, family, the community. It's nice to see the justice system has used some common sense in this case. Daryl Wilson was the lead investigator on the case a case that travels with him every day. It's a case that, that haunts you, but at the same time, you're glad that you were a part of it in order to help bring closure. District Attorney Ashley Rich, who says this decision saves taxpayers here in Mobile County $100,000 and the pain of reliving such an emotionally draining case. However, this was still not the end of trying to get justice for Danny, Lindsay, Ryan, and Hannah. Nine years after Lam Long was originally sentenced to death, his life was spared when he was resentenced to life imprisonment without parole. The Alabama man who was sentenced to death for throwing his four children off a bridge in 2008 was resentenced to life in prison without parole today. This was because experts hired by both the state of Alabama and the defense agreed that he met the criteria for intellectual disability. The Eighth Amendment to the Constitution prohibits the execution of persons with intellectual disabilities and it was concluded that Lam Long met the criteria to meet the criteria for intellectual disability and qualify for the exemption to the death penalty under state and federal law, a person must have significantly sub-average intellectual functioning, sub-average adaptive functioning and onset of the disability in the developmental period. Lam Long received IQ scores of 51, 49 and 57 on four different IQ tests administered by state and defence experts. He also received scores of 61, 51, and 60 on adaptive functioning instruments. And the experts agreed that Long's disability manifested prior to the age of 18. It was concluded that as Judge Gradick was determined to fast-track Long's case due to intense community pressures, Long's lawyers and the state alike supposedly missed the obvious signs of Long's intellectual disability and severe mental illness. This conclusion and decision angered many people, and many were vocal about their thoughts on the decision made. Mobile County District Attorney Ashley Rich, however, said that there was no evidence during the original trial to suggest Long had a mental disability, and she said, None of these very experienced members of the bar specialising in criminal law 
ever had any indication that the defendant might be below average intelligence. Who lived a normal life and no signs of below average IQ and cold and calculatedly threw his four children off the Dolphin Island Bridge. Judge James Patterson also said that despite his apparent low IQ, Long would have likely known the severity of what he was doing and that he richly deserves to die for that. However, Ashley Rich and James Patterson concluded that the law was the law, and in an emotional news conference, Ashley Rich expressed her frustration in the change of the sentence. She said, My job as the district attorney is to follow the law, and that's what I'm doing. As uncomfortable as it is, our hands are tied. No one deserves the death penalty more than the man who on January 7th, 2008, who lived a normal life and no signs of below average IQ and cold and calculatedly threw his four children off the Dolphin Island Bridge. Lam Long committed one of the most heinous murders in Alabama history, where he took four children, three of his own, to the top of the Dolphin Island Bridge and threw them off one at a time. My thoughts went back to the four children that got tossed off that bridge. And the last things that they thought that's where my heart's always been. This heinous crime seriously impacted Alabama and the people from the area say that the children are still on everybody's minds. On Dolphin Island, residents still grieve that Long chose the gateway to their gentle, peaceful village to commit his murders, and the region still lives with the grim details of the children's death, and now with the fact that their murderer will not die for his crimes. But then again, these are murders for which there is no punishment sufficiently severe, whether in prison or in the death chamber. And now Lam Long has no choice but to just sit and rot in prison until he dies. Way back in 2009, when Lam Long was originally sentenced, the judge added an extra stipulation to his imprisonment that every day of his life, behind bars, he must be shown a photograph of each of his four children. I had not anticipated that, but the court is clearly moved by the facts of this case and those pictures are now the law of this case. That would maybe make him think a little bit and suffer a little bit and right now, maybe he gets into over there to Atmore. I'm pretty sure he got plenty of friends waiting on him. Why Lam Long destroyed the lives of four helpless and innocent children is something we will never fully comprehend. It was said that the fight of his wife is what caused him to do this, but it's not really clear what the fight was about. The children's uncle believed it was Lam's way of showing his wife Q that he was in control and that he had all the power in the relationship. He just wanted to show her that he's the head of the family. He wear the pants in the house, he's gonna get what he want. He wanted revenge, he think that everybody against him. How their mother Q Fan must be thinking and feeling is unimaginable and she must live with the horror of their deaths every day. And my heart, as always, goes out to her and the rest of the family and to everyone who was impacted by Lam Long's disgusting and evil actions. She's trying to live her life and, you know, hope things will get better, but it's gonna still, you know, re remain in her heart. 
for the rest of her life. About 600 people attended a memorial service for the children, and they were later buried at Oddfellows Cemetery, where cards, gifts, and handmade memorials are constantly sent in. Overall, this case is so disturbing to me, and it was such a difficult one to cover, but I thought it was so important to tell these children's story, and for us to remember them as they were so young and helpless, and this monstrous man, someone who was supposed to love, protect, and care for them, ripped their lives away from them. Rest in peace, Ryan, Lindsay, Hannah, and Danny. You are so loved and thought about every day by your family and the members of the community, and you will always and forever be remembered.